Good morning, dear brothers and sisters. Happy Lord's Day to each and every one of you. My, how the time is going by so quickly. Here we are now at the end of June, and almost a half a year in the books this year. We're very thankful for the worship team this morning. Beautiful music. Oh, thank you, Randy, and the worship team. It blessed our hearts. And we're thankful for the music that we have. This morning we have some good news, some great news, that we'd like to pass on to each and every one of the saints. Thank you all for your prayers, loyalty, and support these last 16 months. It has been a long journey, and the Lord has remained faithful. We can say amen to that. We are pleased to announce that our first in-person meeting will be on Sunday, July 11th at 11 a.m. This is exciting news, and an email will be sent out soon with additional details. Oh boy, that is good news. We'll be able to get back together again with in-person meetings. Before we open in prayer and have our message this morning, I'd like to read a thank you card from Janice Thompson, the daughter of Dave Thompson. It was sent to us in May, but I held on to it until we could announce it this month. Dear San Ramon Valley Bible Church family, Thank you so much for the lovely cards, encouragements, and prayers concerning my battle with cancer. I am keeping you in my prayers as well and have been enjoying your Sunday services online. The Lord is good and will continue to strengthen us in this life. And she mentions Isaiah 41.10, which is one of my verses I have this morning, as a matter of fact. Much love, Janice Thompson. So we love her very much, and we love Brother Dave and all the family, and we pray for you. Pray for her with her battle with cancer. And let's look now to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you for the good news we've heard that we're going to be gathering again on July 11th at 11 o'clock in the morning for our first in-person service in these 16 months. Lord, it's been tough being away from each other, not having that close fellowship that we've normally had over the past years, but we just thank you, Lord, that you have been faithful. You've been so good, and we pray that you will guide us and direct us as we meet together. And now, Lord, as we come before you this morning opening up your word, we pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts, speaking to us directly and personally and what we need to hear. And Lord, please hide me behind the cross and that you will be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So many today are restless, stressed, anxious, and fearful of so many things. A pastor once said that he had a song leader in his church named Steve, who whenever he saw him, he'd ask, How's it going, Steve? His response was always the same. He'd say, God is still on the throne. He was almost always happy and on top of things when he'd say that. But one day he came in discouraged. And when I asked, how's it going, Steve? He replied, not too good, Pastor. 
I don't know why I said it, but without thinking, I just asked, what happened, Steve? Did God step off the throne? He smiled sheepishly at me, straightened up and said, no, pastor, you're right. God is still on his throne. Yes, God is still on the throne today. He's still in control today. He's still blessing us and helping us and encouraging us along the way of life. No matter what we go through, no matter how how hard it is, God is with us. We just have to rest in Him. We just have to be still in Him. A lady named Germany Kent once said, God will fight your battles if you just keep still. He is able to carry you through. Trust Him. Keep standing, keep believing, keep hoping. Amen to that. The title of our message this morning is Be Still in the Lord. One of my favorite verses from the Psalms is Psalm 46 and verse 10. And it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. May God bless the reading of His Word to our hearts today. We're going to look at three simple things from God's Word. Number one, be confident in who God is. Number two, be confident in what God can do. And third, be confident in waiting for God's perfect timing. An unknown poet has written, I heard a voice at evening Softly say, bear not yesterday's into tomorrow, nor load this week with last week's load of sorrow. Lift all your burdens as they come. Try not to weigh the present with the by and by. One step and then another. Take your way. Live day by day. Yes, God is in control. He's still on his throne and he wants us to be still in him. So our first point today is be confident in who God is. In Job chapter 37 and verse 14, it says, Listen to this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. God is so good and so faithful, and he is exalted in the nations, and he is exalted in the whole earth. Our God is the true and living God who is with us. All other gods are false gods, idols. But we have the true and living God who loves us. And He is still in control. Someone once said, He who has God and has many things has no more than he who has God alone. So what that is saying to us is no matter how many things you have, you're not going to have any more than if you had just God by himself because God is all we need. He's our enough. He's our sufficiency. Or as another person said, when you have nothing left but God, then you become aware that God is enough. Yes, he's faithful. And he never changes. No matter with the weather, no matter with the political times, no matter with the pandemic, no matter what it is, he never changes. We can trust him. And that verse that Janice Thompson quoted and mentioned is the one in my verse today, 
Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I wrote a little poem to go with this, and it goes like this. Be still in God when in times of fear. Be still in God when the path is unclear. Be still in God when we suffer loss. Be still in God when we bear our cross. Be still in God when life is out of control. Be still in God as the billows roll. Be still in God when the sorrows hit. Be still in God and in His presence sit. The strongest Christians, the most devoted saints, are those who sit before the Lord and wait upon Him and are still before the Lord. Yes, be still. And this verse in Psalm 46.10 is the Lord speaking directly in the first person. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yes, our confidence is in God. It's not in people. It's not in things. And it's not in ourselves. Our confidence is in God Himself. Secondly, not only is our confidence in who God is, but our confidence is in what God can do. When Israel had left Egypt and they marched out of Egypt with about two to three million people, including the women and children, and there they were in the wilderness and Pharaoh had a change of heart. He didn't want to let the people go and so he went after them with all his mighty armies and his chariots and horsemen and they came to the nation of Israel as they were coming out of Egypt and they were at the Red Sea and the Red Sea was before them and the mountains were on each side and then the Pharaoh and his army were coming up behind them and they had no escape. There was no hope, earthly speaking, but their hope and confidence was in the Lord. And Moses said to the people in Exodus 14, 13 and 14, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Yes, God will fight for us. God will take over. All they had to do was stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And that's the way it is with us in our lives. It's not up to us. We don't fight the battles. He fights them for us. He's on our side because we are on His side. And He took care of that situation with the Red Sea. He parted the sea. The people passed through. And then when Pharaoh and his army and his chariots were trying to follow them, the Lord brought back the sea and every one of them perished from Pharaoh all the way down. All his soldiers perished. God did a miracle. And it's still, to this day, the event that the, that the Jewish people have as the key event in their history is the crossing and the miracle of the Red Sea. 
Jesus said to Mary at the tomb of her dead brother Lazarus in John chapter 11 and verse 40, Did I not say to you, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? First we must believe. Then we will see. We can't say, see first and then believe. No, that's the world's way of looking at things. Show me, prove, prove it to me. I won't believe until I see it with my own eyes. The human heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And we always want proof. And yet God has a perfect track record. And when we put our trust in him, he always comes through for us. God did a miracle for Mary and Martha that day when they she, and Lazarus when God raised up Lazarus from the dead through the Lord Jesus Christ and what a miracle it was. And God did another miracle very similar to the one at the Red Sea when in the days of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, there was a great multitude of Moabites and Ammonites that gathered together in a huge multitude that came against the people of Judah. And it says, the king feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast and sought the Lord in prayer. The story is told, and you can read it at your leisure at home. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 30. But in verse 12 of that chapter, he says, O God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Yes, I remember when Randy spoke on this story, this passage, it was such a blessing, and it is such a great blessing. And in verse 17, God sent the prophet Jehaziel to encourage Jehoshaphat and all the people, and he says to them, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves and then here's the key. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed, for tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And God gave a great miracle that day. And all the soldiers fought against each other and destroyed each other, the two enemy armies. Israel did not have to lift a finger. Yes, God brought about the victory for them. The friends of a missionary, her name was Mary Slesser, missionary to Africa, were amazed when they saw a weak woman like her who had been able to mold savage tribes and chiefs to her will. One of the chiefs explained, you have evidently forgotten to take into account the God of this woman. Yes, it wasn't Mary Slessor's power. It was God's power to control those savage chiefs and to bring souls to Christ. It was all a work of God and of the Holy Spirit. Yes, God's strength is made perfect in weakness. He is strong. I am weak. But praise be to God when we're in Him we have his strength and power flowing through us. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, mentally and theologically, 
We believe that. But do we really, when we get in the trenches, when the bombs are flying, when the trials are coming, when the sorrows are overwhelming us, do we really believe that there is nothing too hard for the Lord? Sometimes we have to confess that we sometimes think situations are just impossible that uh, can't be done. But praise God, he's a God of the impossible. Abraham Lincoln once said, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My great concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. Abraham Lincoln didn't say God wore a Union Army uniform. He didn't say he was on the side of the Union, but he said, I want to be on God's side. I want to do, be on the right side. I want to do what is right for this country. Yes, confidence is so important. To be confident in who God is and to be confident in what God can do and our third point today is be confident in waiting for God's timing. Yes, Psalm 37, 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. And in the NIV version it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently him. That is so hard. Waiting on the Lord is one of the hardest things we as Christians do. And the Lord knows that. And He wants us to trust in Him and to rest in Him and to be still and wait patiently for Him. It's not an easy thing. Warren Wiersbe, the great Christian writer and servant of the Lord, says, the ability to calm your soul and wait before God is one of the most difficult things in the Christian life. Our old nature is restless. The world around us is frantically in a hurry. But a restless heart usually leads to a reckless life. Wow, isn't that a powerful statement at the end of that quote? But a restless heart usually leads to a reckless life. If we do not wait upon the Lord and we take matters into our own hands, we can make decisions that will affect us and our families and our friends and others around us for years to come. Maybe for our whole lifetime can be affected by decisions when we don't wait for the Lord's perfect timing, but we take matters into our own hand. Sad to say. A man... A man named Chuck Wagner says, he who waits on God never waits too long. Isn't that so true? A man who waits on God never waits too long. He'll never make us wait a minute, even a second more than we have to because he's working in the situation. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Twice in Psalm 27, 14, David, the writer of this song, says, wait, wait. And he had to wait for his whole life. I mean, think about it. When Samuel anointed him as king in the place of Saul, he had to wait years and years before he took the throne. 
And then he took the throne of Judah first, and then over all Israel. Yes, he had to wait. It was difficult waiting, but he did it. Wayne Stiles, in his book, Waiting on God, What to Do When God Does Nothing, writes this. One reason many people never see God working in their lives is because they never hang in there long enough for God to show His power. Yes, God's timing is perfect. We must be still. Be still before the Lord. There are so many lessons that we can learn in waiting. I learned so many lessons in my life when I was out of work, waiting for a job, Waiting, waiting, waiting. Lord, I need this job. I need a job. I need a job. And the Lord knows what we need. He knows what we need even before we ask Him. And maybe we're waiting to get married and and there's no partner yet. Maybe you're waiting as a couple to have a child and you haven't been able to. Maybe you're waiting for for a a promotion at work, or maybe you're waiting for some other situation to change and, and it hasn't happened yet. This is where our faith has a chance to grow, is when we wait on the Lord and trust in Him. So to conclude our message today, it's so important to be still in the Lord. And it is such a blessing to do it. It's not easy. Definitely not easy. We should be still before our God and have our confidence in Him. Yes, He says, be still and know that I am God. That is the confidence of knowing who He is. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's the confidence of what God can do, not what we can do. And then, to be still and wait patiently for Him. Our confidence is in God's perfect timing. Bill MacDonald commenting on Psalm 46.10 says, Every fear is stilled. Every anxiety quieted. His people can relax. He is God. His cause is victorious. He is supreme among the nations, supreme over all the earth. Have you ever been in a really tense situation? Everybody's nervous. Everybody's stressed out. Everybody's worried what's going to happen next. And somebody comes along and says, just relax. Relax. Sometimes it's hard to relax when the situation is turned up so high like that. But when the Lord says relax, when the Lord says be still, we can do it. We can do it. And we get such tremendous peace when we're still before the Lord and letting Him be in control. There's a wonderful hymn that's entitled Be Still My Soul. It was written by Katharina von Schlegel. And she wrote it. And it's not in our red book that we have here, but it's in our old red book that we used in our church before when we were at the Veterans Hall and Grange Hall. And it's a beautiful hymn, and it says this, Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend. 
through stormy ways leads to a joyful end. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still and wait patiently for God's perfect timing. Shall we just close in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we've waited so long to meet together again. And this message really comes at a, at a fantastic time. Because Lord, as we wait upon you, you have come through for us. And we look forward to having our in-person services again. We pray you'll richly bless us and help us. And Lord, we just pray that you'll help us to be still. And to stand still. And to trust in you. We know, Lord, that you know everything the past, the present, and the future. The future is one thing we just don't know anything about the specific details. Things can happen tomorrow that are totally out of our control and we knew nothing about. But whatever happens, Lord, we're in your hands. We trust in you and we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.